Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes and usually over the course of this whole year, I would usually say, uh, and I'm joined by my brother Adam over Zoom in America, but that is all changed because Adam is now sitting right beside me. Hello. He, is, he has arrived in Denmark, he got over the wall, he's here. We escaped. We escaped. Yes. We got out. Yes, we are not going to tell you how, but it, we managed it. My wife and I are in Denmark for the time being, and um, uh, yes, we will be spending the rest of uh, what is left of this sorry fucking bin fire of a year uh, in uh, in uh, in Scandinavia. So yeah, it's good to be here. And uh, proof, we have proof that I'm uh, sitting in the same space as Anders. Ow! Uh, which, uh, which, uh, um, I've been wanting to do that all year. I you? know, I've missed that. Um, yeah. and just because I've been like annoying over Zoom, and you just decided to be like, oh god, I wish I was in the same room as you. But, um, <laughs> slap but, you across the face. But, uh, yeah, so no, here we are. And, um, well, it's been ages since we sat down yeah. face, to, uh, face to face and talked to movies. And, the uh, last time we did this was last year when we talked about heat. And uh, Point Blank. Ooh, ah, really? Yeah, we talked that, about Heat. We talked about Heat in Point Blank. Yeah. Point Blank. Oh yeah, with uh, with Lee Marvin. Yeah. Um, You're a bad man, bad man, Parker. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Can't come around doing things like this. Um, somebody's got to give him his twenty thousand dollars. I I remember I was there. Yeah, in November last year. So that's yeah, it's exactly a year ago. Well, a lot has happened in between. It's fair to say. Yeah, it's pretty fair to say a lot has happened socially, health wise, politically. Yeah. All right. Well, we we've covered a lot of that stuff. Yes, of um, course. But uh, you know, one of the main ways that um, I certainly have been uh, passing the time is by watching films. I've been I've been a film club, uh, a sort of like a like a book club, but for film lovers. Um, and I know you've been watching films. You, unlike me, have been able to go to the cinema. I haven't been to the cinema since I went to see. Guess what? Guess what was the last film I went to see in the cinema? Uh, Parasite. Yeah. Mulan, Hustlers. Oh, the the yeah. Didn't that come out last year? Oh shit! Hang on, maybe it was Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> I think it actually. I think you might be right. I think it was Parasite. Uh, that 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 does sound like a. Uh, yeah, whoops. Yeah, year. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was uh, it was Parasite. But that was in January. Um, yeah. I have not been to the cinema since January 2020. But you have. You've seen some things in the cinema. Yeah, I mean, the last time before everything kind of locked down, I went to go see Onward, the new um, Pixar film, which I thought was really nice. What's it about? It's basically set in a, uh, a world where fantasy is basically reality. So it's like... No, it's basically so there's like there's elves, there's trolls. Oh, there's, Middle Earth. Yeah, it's basically Middle Earth, but like in a modern setting. <laughs> El troll makes so much noise, we could have shot him in the dark. I don't know why the elf is Timothy Dalton. <laughs> El troll makes so much noise, I could have shot him in the dark. Yeah. Things were about to get nasty. Yeah, so the film stars uh, Tom Holland, who plays Spider Man in uh, the Marvel movies. Everyone plays Spider-Man. Yeah. I still think it's that kid, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, uh, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah he, was the, he was the OG. He's not Spider-Man. Spider-Man anymore? He might be, if they do a multiverse crossover in the next one. Oh, Jesus. Bringing in him and Andrew Garfield. Okay, so what's this Pixar film about? So the movie stars Tom Holland and Chris Pratt as brothers. They have lost their father. Classic Disney. Although yeah. normally it's the mother in Disney. Yes, and uh, they, you know, Chris Pratt is, you know, the older brother who is into like mythology and stuff. Like, there's no magic in the world. Like, magic has kind of disappeared. No, oh. basically. 
and um, Tom Holland and Tom Holland is dealing through a lot of process because he he never met his father when he grew up. The only thing that he has is a tape recorder of his voice. So on his birthday, when he becomes sixteen, they get a staff where they can make a spell, and the spell uh, is is able to conjure up their father for twenty four hours. But then the spell goes wrong, and then they have twenty four hours to fix it before you know before the sun goes down, and then they won't be able to like see their father and stuff. Oh, okay. That's and intense. It's, it's based a little bit around the real experiences of the director because he was a baby when his father passed away and then he found a tape recorder which apparently just had him saying hello and goodbye. Oh, So it's a very kind of like heartwarming film and it reminded me a little bit of you because it is a film about brothers and, you know, their relationship and stuff like that. So it's very kind of like B-grade Pixar film but really got a lot of heart. But like B-grade Pixar is still pretty good. Yeah. Um... I speaking. I mean, we're going to jump around a bit because we're sort of yeah. catching up here. But like, I watched an amazing film about um, about brothers recently, uh, which uh, which is probably a film that that you haven't heard of. It certainly was a film that I hadn't heard of, um, and it's um, a film that I think everyone should see. And it's uh, it's called Little Fugitive, um, and it's from 1953, and it's about these two um, two little boys living in Brooklyn. And the older brother, I mean, the younger brother, like, dotes on the older brother. The younger yeah. brother carries a, a, a cowboy gun and he, um, um, you know, basically looks like us as a kid. And, but he wants to join in all the things that the older brother um, is, is doing. The older cool. brother's called uh, Lenny, I believe. And, uh, and, and Joey, who's the little kid, he, the, he, he has a trick played on him by the older boys where they think, where they make him think that he's killed his older brother. And Ooh, so he runs. He runs away from home, and he goes to Coney Island, and he meets all these wonderful characters. Um, but it was this really interesting. Um, it was this really interesting independent film, and it was directed and written by um, uh, Ray Ashley, uh, Morris Engel, and Ruth Orkin, um, who. Uh, you know, some of them were, I can't remember who was who, but one of them was like a really famous still photographer. They had a journalistic background, so it mm-hmm. has this like intensely neorealist. Um, uh, feel to it and it, it um, might even say a realist feel to it and it is um, it is so moving and, and so uh, really good, yeah. uh, wonderful and, it, and it, it was all done it was all shot um, all the dialogue was looped afterwards like it was all shot silently but like Italian films are yeah, a lot of Italian films they dubbed it in post dubbed or whatever yeah, you call yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they went in and re. Well, they didn't yeah record sound, so they dubbed it in in post production. But it's an incredibly good film, and I really recommend it. Um, it is uh, it is available here and there. I uh, I found myself a copy on DVD, mm. um, and um, yeah, it's just um, it's just great stuff. So that's one of the that's one of the great films that I've watched. Um, that I've watched recently. Have you been to the cinema to see anything else then? Seeing as we're talking about the big screen? Um, I haven't, like, from March until September of this year, I didn't go to the cinema at all, even when they opened up. Like, they were like, go see Tenet. And I was a bit unsure about it. Maybe just... It looks a bit shit. I don't know. I was... I, I still kind of want to see it just to sort of say, like, I've seen Tenet in the cinema and all that sort of stuff. But... I saw a great... I saw a great tweet the other day from someone who said that every... Um, Christopher Nolan film looks like the teaser trailer for the film that it wants that it's trying, that to, it's be. trying to be <laughs> which I thought was quite um, I, I read a lot well of re- yeah I read a lot of reviews where everyone was saying it, it the sound design is a bit off because in like a lo- yeah because like I mean when I went to go see Inter- when I saw Intercellar in Arf! the cinema 
And there were many moments where like the music's really booming and all this other stuff. Yeah, the Hans Zimmer music and stuff. But like the dialogue, you could barely hear it. And even when I watched it on TV again the other day here, and it was still a bit like, what is up with the audio and the dialogue? There's no excuse for that. There is is pretty pretty shit. Because his films are very sound orientated. Like, you know, especially like... What is part of dialogue, after all, is part of sound. Yeah, I know. Even like in, I mean, I can't remember like scenes in Dunkirk where it has that kind of thing where you can't really hear the dialogue. I mean, of course, Dunkirk was very loud and booming and immersive. Well, the only time you can't hear the dialogue is when you have Bane, Bane being like, <laughs> Well, yeah, they had to redub his dialogue because they showed like a teaser, the first scene in front of the Mission Impossible 4 in the IMAX, which I went to go see and I was like, gonna be excited for Dark Knight Rises. But even when watching it, you could barely hear what he was saying. But when they dubbed his voice in for the release in July of that year, he sounded like a you know, in the, in the in the original one, it was like, or perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. So it was a bit like mechanical and Darth Vader esque and stuff. And this well, one, on, I'm talking about Dunkirk. Oh, 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 right. Sorry, I thought we were talking yeah, about yeah, Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm talking about the, 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 the other name, film, the Tom other film, Hardy. the other film where Tom Hardy has a mask on. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wore a mask. That's good. Yeah, because Christopher Nolan says, "I like his eyes. He's very emotive." Yeah. Either that, um, or he just likes the. Christopher put... Nolan is a. It comes across as a bit of a knob. I don't know well, was he, he the one who said you could sit down on his set? Or was that who was it who did that? Was uh, that this was one of those like internet things. Oh yeah, this is one him. of his internet things because like Anne Hathaway and this is something like Variety do where like actors talk with each other and they did it over Zoom where it was like Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey who were both in Interstellar. They were talking about or she was talking with someone else and that she was talking about how like on his sets he doesn't have anyone sit down and then everyone like. Everyone, like, throughout this whole year before Tenet came out, everyone was just against Christopher Nolan because he was like, he's trying to kill people so people will go see his film. And he's like, no, he isn't. <laughs> but, and then this whole thing about the chairs came out. I even had to, like, def- like, sort of say, like, you know, I've been on sets before. You know, if you're sitting down, you're being lazy and things like that. It's not like if you... you know, the only time when you're sitting down on a film set is if you're having lunch or if you're sitting down and watching it on a monitor. Or, or you're in a scene where you need to be sitting down. Exactly. So, like, you know, of course, of course the internet is going to take everything and throw it out and make it... <laughs> if there's one year where we've learned that the internet likes to overreact to things, it's 2020, but yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, well, that's, that's stupid. Yeah. Well, moving on. But, uh, so, so, did yeah. you see any? You didn't see Tenet, but what did you see? I saw Another Round, Druck, right. the new uh, Thomas Vinterberg film. I want to see that. It is probably one of my favorite films of the year, but also I think one of the things I really liked about it is that it had this very nice sense of hope that things will be fine, things will get better, even if things are crap. Like, you can enjoy It's a film to, like, it's, you know, it, it's a celebration of life, basically. Huh. I, I think that's sort of like the way that I looked at it. Well, lovely. And well, I, like, I like that very much. I like a film that's a celebration of life. And, and also, uh, it was quite nice to see a Danish film where it's not like uber depressing. Yeah. Because a lot of Danish films are a bit like... Like the really famous ones yeah. are super depressing. Although that's interesting because one of the best... Sorry, now to, to do this again. One yes. of the best films that I've watched in in lockdown or during the pandemic was uh, or, or, or Debt, uh, the, Carl uh, the Carl Theodore Dreyer film. And that also is quite bleak in its mood, but very hopeful in its message. Yes. So you can sort of, you know, make of that what you will. I do think there's a tendency in Scandinavian, modern Scandinavian cinema, especially with the Dolma stuff, to take the dogma 
the dogma dogma if you if you if you mm -hmm. will the, the rule book and which you can't use natural light and you can't use uh, sets and you ha everyone has to wear their own costumes or whatever else it is or you can use natural light you just can't use practical lights that's what I meant. You can only use yeah, natural yes, lights. Yes. Oh, oh natural. Natural. You you can use electrical lights, but you can't yeah, use yeah, electrical yeah. lights that are designed for. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. That's and you can only. the distinction. And you can only use props that were there at the location. You can't bring anything. Right. And the director cannot be credited. And if you break one of the rules, you have to say which. You one. die. Um, <laughs> then, uh, but uh, the um, but the, but yeah. So I think a lot of those films by by sticking to this rule book ended up being either a bit willfully weird or depressing or both and that worked really well in Feston for example mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's a necessarily a mood that you want to stick with but also I feel time. like but also with like the rise of Nordic Noir that sort of became a prevalent part of cinema in Denmark a little bit right well I think they realised they were onto a good thing with uh, Volander and uh, you know the the um, girl with the dragon and whatnot. girl with the dragon tattoo yeah. and us on TV with the killing and things like that the, yeah and all those shows yeah absolutely um, and I yeah but I think I think something like Dog not that I've seen it probably is a more accurate picture of Denmark certainly it's very inaccurate portrayal of Danish drinking culture it's very inaccurate portrayal. Oh, it's very... Yoda, what are you talking about? <laughs> very inaccurate portrayal it is. No, it's a very accurate portrayal of... It's a very accurate portrayal. It's a very accurate, <laughs> it's a very accurate portrayal of Danish drinking culture. Yeah. Because the film starts off like you see all these young kids and they're doing these like weird drinking games and then they go onto the S train and piss off all the security people there and stuff. So it was very sort of like... Oh, <laughs> Classic. I've seen uh, that. And I've well, seen I've done that. that. I mean, I was watching the movie. I did that. I'll tell you about the time I nearly got arrested in Germany. No. <laughs> no. Well, I was on a train in Germany, aged um, 17, and uh, my friend Tommy and I, hi Tommy, uh, had our feet on the seat. And these Germans uh, were like, Nein, sie müssen die Fussen down and making. And then we were like, oh, sorry. And then later on, we were like, wouldn't it be really funny if we put our feet up again? And um, and then this group of Germans like really lost their scheiser. And uh, they all got off the train. And they were replaced by about four transport police. And we were like, uh-oh. And, uh, and, like, <laughs> and they started interrogating us. And we were like, we're English, sorry, and we're drunk. And they were like, you are not English. You are two Germans pretending to be English. And we were like, no, 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 we genuinely are. Well, I, I'm, I'm not English. I'm Danish. But I wasn't going to explain that to them. I was going to say, I'll just stick to the story. We're from, we're, come on holiday by mistake. We're not from London, you know. And um, Sounds like a scene out of Rome, open city or something. Right. Well, eventually uh, we were like, oh, look, it's our stop. And we just sort of dove off the train and, uh, yeah. and, and, and went home. But um, nice. yeah, so what were we talking about? Uh, talk. talk. Oh, yes. so anyway, so you you watched yeah, talk. It, it was very. It's it's been very popular in the cinemas because it actually when it came out on that first weekend, it took about four hundred thousand tickets in Denmark. In Denmark, yeah, that's and right. they've sold it to America, and it might be nominated for. Oh, best I want to go see it when I get back to America. Although I don't want to go back to America. Uh, tell you what, that. I think there is also a cult of Mass Miggleson, which has been existing in this country for a very long time, which yes. is now beginning to go global because I think the. As you mentioned, as we were having dinner the other day, he has now got the franchises covered. I mean, he's been in the Bond stuff. He's been in a Star Wars thing. He's has he done any Hobbity sort of things? No, no. But he's done some marvelly. He could have done. He's done some marvelly sort of things. He's been in the Disney camp for a. Let's put it this way: if they did Lord of the Rings now, which they are doing on Amazon, oh, they're not. They're doing it, but they don't have the rights to do. They don't have any of the. Didn't they have a thing where they couldn't use a whole bunch of storylines? Yeah, they're doing some new stuff. Or I well, I, I, I haven't. I haven't. I would not be surprised not if Mass Miggleson shows up playing, like Aragorn. 
Well, no, because they've already done that with... They've already had aging Danish heartthrob once play Aragorn. I think he would be better suited to play, like, Theoden. Yeah, I could easily see him play Theoden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So... That's true. Did you go to the cinema to watch anything else? Uh, recently, I went to go see Mank, the new David Fincher film. Mm. Really, really good film. Very unexpected because I was expecting a movie that was just about the whole sort of day to day of making Citizen Kane. When actually, it was more about Herman Mankiewicz, played by um, Gary Oldman, who's brilliant in the film. I think he could easily get a second Oscar for the film. And I really liked it from a point of view of the sort of from a sort of a technical point of view because they made it look like it was a film that was made in the 1940s like in an interview like David Fincher was like we wanted it to look like something that was found in a basement or like Martin Scorsese found it and was taking it to be rest restored or something like right. it looks like a film that was made in the 1940s and it sounds like a film that was made in the 1940s because it has all these like little crackles and whizzes and stuff so it sounds like an authentic film and I really like that because it put you in that in that world it very immersed you into the world of 1930s 1940s hollywood because in that period there was a little bit of and they were trying to relate it a little bit to what was going on now because there was this whole there's a bit of a subplot with upton sinclair because he was running for governor at the time and then um louis b mayer from mgm he mm -hmm. was you know he was putting together he he wanted his other guy to beat upton sinclair and stuff like that and then they made a bunch of uh videos criticizing like making fun of Upton Sinclair and things like that and then what, newsreels yeah newsreels and stuff like fake news kind of thing oh, so relating it a little bit to what was uh, going on now and stuff well it's funny you should mention that because uh, the film we watched last night did the same thing which is yes. uh, Spike Lee's Black Klansman mm -hmm. uh, which we watched together one of the first films we've watched together since uh, 2019 so that was yes. nice and um I thought that was really good. Uh, and, and I've watched, uh, I think I've watched three Spike Lee films this year. I mean, for obvious reasons, um, it's been, you know, his films are, mm -hmm. let's say, somewhat relevant to what's been going on in the world. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed them all. Um, the three are uh, obviously uh, Do the Right Thing, which I watched a few weeks ago, which mm -hmm. is amazing. Great uh, film. It is a perfect film. I gave, I gave one of my coveted five-star ratings on... Uh, on uh, Letterboxd to do the right thing. It was um, the film that uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama saw on their first date. Interesting. Yeah. It, it also was, was the film that did not get nominated for any Oscars in the year that it, Driving Miss Fucking Daisy won. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay uh, and Best Supporting Actor for Danny Aiello. But... Hmm. But who's really good? I mean, who's really good? Yeah. So. For me, it's Radio Rakim, and I love that. That the scene where he does the right hand, left hand thing. I was, I was, nice answer. I was beside myself. I was so happy. It is, a, it is a great film. I love seeing uh, Rosie D. Uh, I love Ruby D. Ruby D. Excuse me, and um, Rosie Perez. You mean? Well, no, I, I, I just, I fucked up, forgot her name. But yeah, Ruby D. And um, Ozzy Davis. Ozzy Davis. Ozzy Davis. Who, just because I'm contractually obliged to always talk about. The Du Bois Center, when I where I work, Ozzy Davis actually spoke at the um, dedication in 1969 of the oh, wow. uh, of the original Du Bois home site in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, uh, and there is film of it which you can put in the show notes, which I'll send you. Nice. Um, but the um, yeah, the Spike Lee movies are great, and um, I and, and I love the way he weaves in current stuff, especially in um, Black Klansman, but also. I mean, maybe I like the way he does it in Black Klansman. He actually waits until the end of the film, although there are some scenes where you're like, yep. Uh, there but, were moments uh, when I saw it in the cinema in Denmark. There's, there's a moment where they make a little bit of a reference to the current president 
who is still in the White House for a few weeks. And um, there was like a moment where there's like a little a bit of a pause in the movie and then everyone kind of chuckled a little bit. You would yeah. always kind of expect one of the actors to like break the fourth wall and like give the thumbs up like, eh? <laughs> right. You know what we're talking end, about? At the end of the film, they really tie it together with yeah. uh, Charlottesville. But what was interesting in The Five Bloods, which is the third Spike Lee film I've seen, is that um, they pepper the film with um, these references, not just to, um, you know, historical events but to current events and mm. um and i thought that was really interesting and this is the way they used uh the maga hat in that film became the great like talisman yeah. of that movie like it became this symbol for so many different things i don't think i've ever, i don't think i've seen a, pr a prop or a piece of costume do more work in a movie since like indiana jones's hat or his or or, or like you know it's just so um it's so interesting the way spike lee does that and and he is a he is a sort of there's, you can tell there are certain things that he's not that interested in as a filmmaker. Like one of those yeah. continuity or like really um, slick editing or there's certain story well, I mean that editing, where... that editing style where like people hug each other and it's like seen again or something or he cuts from a different angle and has it replayed again. That's different. But I noticed last night when we were watching Black Clansman, there are definitely like continuity errors. And um... I mean, if you watch Martin Scorsese's movies, they're all over the place. But also relating to that, because when we were at film school... Well, just to let me finish, yes, point, sorry, I'm, not, sorry, I'm, not, sorry, I'm not trying to rag on, on yeah, yeah. Uh, Spike Lee, but just to say like the it doesn't really matter in, in the same way it doesn't really no, matter no. with Scorsese because ultimately the, the style is so unique. And um, yeah. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed um, getting to know him better because truth be told, I hadn't really watched any Spike Lee before yeah. I, I sat down to watch them this year. So I'm, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. I didn't watch any Spike Lee films till I was, I think I was like 17 when I first watched a Spike Lee I am, film. I am older than I think, that. And I, had, um, I think the first one I watched was Malcolm X. That was like my introduction to Spike Lee. Oh, uh, is that good? It's very good. It's very, it, 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 it is bursting at the seams of bloatedness because it is like a over three and a half hour film oh, okay. but it is very powerful and I think Denzel Washington's performance is really good and I think the only person who could have made that film was Spike Lee at that time so let's go back in time here so what the pandemic starts sort of early March right yeah so I think what's your, you go into lockdown you're basically at home or are you here yeah because I, I I came down here to visit our mum and then everything kind of closed down so you stayed point. put here I stayed put here but then I spent a bit of time in Aarhus with my girlfriend so most of April I was away in Aarhus in okay. sort of away from the city and out in the sort of nature and stuff and went on hikes and things like that that's very, that's very wholesome yes um, just a way to get out of the I house mean, so, so, so for me my my um, my pandemic I and mean, we I've just been in Massachusetts the whole time but one of the first uh, things we did was um, was do a bit of an escapist um well, actually, one of the first great films we watched in that period was The Oxbow Incident, which we've spoken Ooh, about yeah, before, which film. I've recommended on an episode of Holmes Movies Recommend. But then we did a, we we did we started doing our, um, uh, we we've been doing a Bond film marathon, so we carried on with that. We had to watch Die Another Day, which is so bad. Uh, we watched Casino Royale, and then we did the Indiana Jones films, mm -hmm. and we interspersed these with. Um, it's quite interesting looking back at my diary for this time because you've got the Indiana Jones films interspersed with these like, quite. Um, 
quite serious films. I watched The Seventh Seal for the first time, and we watched uh, Tell Them Willy Boy is here, and um, Boudou Save from Drowning, which is a brilliant Renoir film that I've also recommended. And we also watched Proof of Life with Russell Crowe and Meg Ryan. So it was a real kind of... And, and, and Funeral in Berlin, which is this, uh, the Ipocris Files sequel with Michael Caine. So it's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a mixed bag early on. But I yeah. think then as we moved into April and we realised we weren't going anywhere, we started being like, right, let's, uh, let's cross some more big things off the list. So we watched... Um, there will be blood, and we watched Lawrence rewatched, of course, Lawrence of Arabia, um, and um, and a great uh, uh, the, the the great um, uh, Blue Angel or the Die Blaue Engel with uh, Emilie Annings and Marlene Dietrich, directed by Joseph von Sternberg. That's just the film that basically made Dietrich a kind of a, a worldwide star. We watched um, Rio Bravo, you know, mm-hmm. to have and have not, and um, and other like classics, but and Pandora's Box, which. Um, as we've spoken about but all the time you know being being willing to kind of have have fun so i don't know have you ever seen a film called eyes of laura mars no it's Which written you I, would you I, would I, love I, it i've heard it's written by john carpenter that, right that idea. and it, it's basically a, it's i know this isn't this isn't the first time it's been described this way but it is a it's an american giallo film yes that's what i've heard about yeah, it, yeah. and so i think you would absolutely love it um yeah and uh, but yeah, that was that was. I remember that being really fun. And yeah, we just discovered lots of other. Like we rewatched um, Donnie Brasco, which is a really great movie. And then um, and we started doing. You know, in these months, April is still pretty pretty cold in Massachusetts. So we yeah. uh, certain nights we would like tuck in, and uh, because uh, it's legal where we are, we would have some uh, edibles, get a little bit stoned. And one of the first times we Wanna did. Get high? Yeah, one of the first times we did that, we watched Men in Black, and let me tell you, that was fun. <laughs> So what about you? What does what your early pandemic look like yeah, in terms so, of movie watching? Yeah, March, at the beginning of March, um, because at this point we actually thought we were going to get a Bond film this year, and also because we were talking about the Bond films, I wanted to re-watch them again, and I started re-watching them with Felina, and so... Yeah, started. So with, you went from the beginning. Went from the beginning, Doctor No, from Rush with Love. Right, people know what order they come. Yes, and then after that, onwards, and then there was the oh, the Pixar one, the Pixar film, and then there was a Netflix film with Mark Wahlberg called Spencer Confidential, which was made a year before and then came out now, and it's set in Boston where he plays like a PI and Alan Arkin's in it, and Winston Duke from Black Panther. He's he's in that. Hmm. He's the guy who plays um, oh, what's his name? Im- Imjobu. I think the, the guy, the Hopper, that guy, hmm. the big guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm kidding. We're vegetarians. Oh yeah. I watched Black Panther on the plane coming over here. Yes. I enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, it was good. Really good. And then I, and then I sort of got into a bit of a Mark Wahlberg hole and then I watched. That's two- disgusting. <laughs> that sounded really bad. Yeah. No so- one wants to get into a Wahlberg hole. <laughs> I mean, their burgers are bad enough. You don't want their holes. Yeah, so I watched um, Two Guns, which is the film he did with Denzel Washington, where they both... Well, Two Guns? Yes. Well, it's like Denzel Washington plays an undercover DEA agent, and then Mark Wahlberg plays a disgraced naval agent, but they don't know that, and they're playing criminals, and then they both reveal that, and then there's, like, CIA money that's been... They steal... So bored of this already. And um, oh, Bill, Bill Paxton steals the whole film. This was one of Bill Paxton's last films that he, he did. He's very good. Yeah. Then I watched the Italian Job remake. Oh, my God. And then I rectified all that by watching The Hunt for the Red October. Nice. And then I got... One ping only. Yes. I don't know why. There's a moment in the movie... Calm Sona, Crazy Ivan. There's that a... film. I love that film. I've been saving that, actually, because we've been... There have been so many times I've gone downstairs where I keep all my DVDs in the basement yeah. to get a DVD, and I, my, my hand has hovered over Hunt for Red October, and I've said, not yet. The time will come 
when the hunt for Red October is needed, but it's yes. not yet. And so I have waited, but and I think it's going to happen yeah. soon after I get back to the States in January, because yeah. it's still going to be shit in America, let's be honest. Yeah. It's really funny with that film I was watching. it. I love how they start off with all the Russians speaking Russian, and then halfway during a scene, they start speaking English, and then they speak English for the rest of the movie. Well, it's done quite well. It is done quite well. The but first it... time I watched it, I was really nervous that Connery was going to be speaking Russian with thick Scottish accent for the whole film. Yeah. Um, what, did you like Baldwin as Jack Ryan? I prefer Harrison Ford, but I did think... Yeah, but I actually think uh, Baldwin's better for Hunt for Red October. Yes. Because um, Harrison Ford would have just been like, I need to get on that sub. Yeah, um, but also, I mean, they did ask Harrison Ford... One ping only! <laughs> <laughs> they did ask Harrison Ford to be in the film, but then he realised that he would be playing second fiddle to Sean Connery, and then... Well, and also, he would get out of the mini-submarine, and he'd be just like... Junior. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Let me shoot Junior. <laughs> uh, and every when the missile hits and doesn't explode, <laughs> it's a fake. <laughs> this is adorable. <laughs> Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad. Hello, Dougie, by the way. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I wish it? Dougie was here. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, and then I watched... Oh, I'm joking. <laughs> and then I watched uh, Patriot Games. Of course. You yeah. really so you really get stuck in these like little whirlpools, don't you? Yeah, I did. I was in like a kind of a 90s uh, action moment and then I watched um, a film I hadn't seen before was The Hot Rock which we talked about oh yeah you the recommended Rob, the Robert that. Redford yeah, yeah, film which we fun. do have on DVD here oh, okay. and then I watched True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron which was probably like the and last James Cameron is he in the film no 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 sorry James, uh, it's directed by James Cameron oh, yeah. and Jamie Lee Curtis is in the film she's oh, yeah. very different she's from James Cameron brilliant in the movie she steals the whole movie it's one of those films where they tried to do a sequel, but then 9-11 happened, and then they were like, we can't really make action comedies about terrorism. Well, so a film called True Lies these days. Hmm. Yeah. And then I watched um, Snatch with Mum, Guy Ritchie's film. No, that, that double header of Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two yeah. Smoking Barrels, that's brilliant. That's that, like, that honestly, I mean, he is very much trying to do a Tarantino thing. Yes. Uh, a sort of mockney Tarantino. Um, but it's interesting, because where Tarantino's films reference other genres and other movies movies and other movements in film and like other kind of franchises the only references in Guy Ritchie are to Tarantino films so it really does they do feel a little bit like sort of yeah they do bad remakes or something of what is already like a a, a, a rip off so it sort of it, it has that removed but I do think it captures they do capture something about Britain at that time yeah the sort of the confidence and the um the, the swagger of like Blair Britpop Mm. you know cool Britannia whatever you want to call yeah, it I think like train spotting and those kind of movies are that time yeah I mean it's a, it's a really good it's a little corner of British cinema history that's actually quite interesting yeah, um, yeah. so then I watched uh, Dark Passage which is the sort of not as liked of the Bacal and Bogart films but still pretty good I mm. really enjoyed it and then I watched um, Payback the director's cut of Payback oh because originally they shot a film that was called Payback, and then the people who were making it were going, right, so let me get this straight. Mel Gibson's pretty, like, he's a bad guy in this movie. You kill the dog, and you leave your hero, anti-hero, sort of dead at the end of the movie, but ambiguous. So then they sort of reshot the movie, and that's the one, that, the, the theatrical version. That oh, so that's the one I've seen, which is, I thought it was yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. So is the director's cut better? Um... 
It's no. Okay, no. Let's move on. If you need if you need to think about it that long, no. then uh, it's know. fine for what it is. It's not it's nothing right, right, special. Right, 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 right. It's okay. a little bit more violent. Right, take me through this this list of well, yeah. Don't... And then I watched because um, Felina and I we like to watch these kind of films. We watched a movie called Underworld with Kate Beckinsale, which is like this action horror film where vampires and werewolves are fighting against each other, like right. cats and dogs living together. Yeah, mass hysteria. No, but it's a really cool movie because it, it has a really interesting world. The, the world building in the movie is really cool there's a history to like how this war with vampires and werewolves has started and it's kind of still at that point where they were still doing things practically and not with cgi they had real werewolves yes they had you know well cgi werewolves but still dead werewolf werewolf <laughs> their castle <laughs> and then i went back to the bond movies and then um i watched a movie called the coldest game <laughs> which was like what, this ice hockey no it was this it was this Netflix film I don't know if it's based on a true story or not but it's set during the Cuban Missile Crisis where Bill Pullman plays this alcoholic former chess champion who's forced to go to Poland what? or Russia or somewhere to play chess Poland or Russia or somewhere or Eastern Europe Berlin what? Uh, I think but hang on a minute. You, how can you a how can you confuse Poland and Russia? And b how can you confuse Berlin with Eastern Europe? I mean, well, I mean, I mean it's not, it, is it I, in Eastern Europe? I guess, but I, it's, I, it's the capital of Germany. I can't remember, but like the country where he is, but it's somewhere in with Germany, in Europe, maybe Germany. somewhere in Europe, somewhere possibly in Europe. Germany. So, and there's this whole thing where the CIA are using him for something. I can't remember exactly, but it's to do with the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's okay. This sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's worth... Was it called? The Coldest Game? The Coldest Game. When was yeah. it made? Last year. I mean, it's on Netflix. Oh, I see. I want that film to be like made in 1972 and starred sort of an aging Dirk Bogard. Or like, you know, Warren Betty or something, or Beatty. No, because he'd be too sexy for it. I wouldn't want it to be an American. I'd want it to be a, a cynical Brit. What about Elliot Gould? No, because then it'd be too funny. Okay, that's true. I told you, I put you in checkmate. <laughs> I took you quite... Nine to rook four. <laughs> what is this, you nudnik? Play. <laughs> okay, so then I went back to the Bond movies and then, you know, finished with Spectre. And then I watched a movie called The Commuter with uh, Liam Neeson, which is... That must have been nostalgic for someone who is not commuting anymore. <laughs> yeah, so he plays... It, they make a reference to Garrison, New York. Like really? One, one which is the, where my uh, parents-in-law lives. Yeah, so the movie, he's an ex-cop who was fired because... Uh, of... You know what? You don't. If it's a Liam Neeson movie, you don't need to describe it. Let me, let me try and see if I can guess. He's an ex-cop. Yes. He used to... Something terrible happened to him involving... Let me see. A train... No, 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 but he takes the... He sits on a train from where he so lives. He sits there brooding. Well, he's, By the river? No, yeah, travels up the river. Yeah. There you go, Metro North. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So and the movie... Uh, so he, he works... He's like he's financially a bit problematic with his finances and stuff. He's in debt. Yes, and his, he's married to Elizabeth McGovern from Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he is trying to get. She's involved in something. No, and no, she no, has no. A, She has a special parcel, and it's called the Elizabeth MacGuffin. No, <laughs> but that would have been really funny. Um, Not really. So he takes the train from New York, where he is in New York State, to New York, and then you know he meets all the same people on the way. One of the people is Jonathan Banks from you know. A... Is one of them Joe Biden? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a great guy. <laughs> and um, on the way back from the train, Liam Leeson, one of the greatest. <laughs> Are you taking the train? <laughs> Get it? Taking the train? Yes, I got the reference. Why <laughs> aren't you laughing? <laughs> I am laughing. So he meet while he's on the train. He meets with a, a woman sits on uh, by his seat and says, uh, "You know, you know, what if you know if someone gave you money? What if like it's Vera Farmiga 
uh, from oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and she says like Good okay access. here's the thing I'm going to pay you some money someone on this train has something that we want what? You must kill him before this train gets to its final destination. So Ooh. it becomes like this kind of 70s conspiracy thriller on a train. In fairness, on that particular train, it takes so fucking long to get into New York that uh, he'd have plenty of time. Yeah. If that was a European train, he'd be fucked. Yes. So, yeah, it's a really kind of exciting film. And it's a bit... It was. It's directed by the same guy who did the movie Non-Stop, where he plays an air marshal on a plane. And so Question? Just, yes. Would I enjoy this film? You might enjoy it. Mm, okay. That's good enough. Where can I find it? Uh, it was on Netflix, and you can probably find it on DVD and stuff like that. I don't want it on DVD. I want to stream it. Okay, it's probably on Netflix. Okay, I'll find it. Maybe the commuter. America. Okay. And then I watched the Underworld sequel, Underworld Evolution, which was pretty good. What month are we in right now? We're in April. Okay, you're still in April. Uh, you then we watched. Then I watched uh, Jaws two, Men in Black, Men in Black two. Then I watched Crimson Tide, which is like this really good submarine film directed by Tony Scott. With I've heard of it. Gene Hackman. Yeah, and, and Denzel, right? Yeah, it's really. And um, it was during this the making of the film. Tarantino, he wrote, he rewrote some of the scripts, but just threw in a bunch of pop culture dialogue and stuff. And while he was making the film, <laughs> the conversation about Madonna's like a virgin just yeah. happened in the middle for no reason. Yeah, and um, when they were on set, Denzel Washington confronted Tarantino over his use of the the N word, uh, and Tarantino wanted outside. to take it into a sort of private area. And, says, and Denzel was like, "No, we're going to do this right now in front of everyone." Well, he didn't learn his lesson, though, did he? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Uh, then I watched Legal Eagles, which is this uh, Robert Redford film directed by Ivan Reitman, and then I watched Paper Moon, the Peter Bogdanovich film. Oh yes, Ryan yes, and you mentioned Tatum that. You mentioned not that. Tatum O'Neill, Tatum, 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 Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, and then I watched this Netflix. My name is Tatum. I don't know. <laughs> what Tatum's precious? <laughs> And then I watched um, uh, this Netflix action film with Thor called Extraction, which is basically it's it's one of those movies where I feel like it's it's the action is really well done. The extraction, the plot, not so much. That's like every film. Yeah, but I feel like if it was done because the film it's set in India and he plays this special forces guy who has to protect this this Indian this crime lord's son from oh I think I saw yeah. something about this it looked and terrible. it has a very kind of white savior oh yeah it, looks, it. it sounds super problematic actually yeah, yeah. Imagine it. Yeah. and I think you know I mean it was produced by the Russo brothers who you know scored a lot of points with Avengers and things like that but you know I feel like if it was told from a different point of view like maybe because there's another act, there's another character in the film an Indian actor who's also very highly trained and has a special set of skills and everything like that and he had the more interesting storyline not Liam Neeson but he had a much more interesting storyline and I felt that he could have he could have Well this is one of the things I really liked about Black Panther is that there are there is there is room in the film for white characters but they aren't the same you know there is no Kevin Costner yes Dancing with Wolves kind of thing and the the white character who is on the side of the good guys, Martin Freeman, is constantly reminded that he is of, of, of who he is and his mm. sort of position. And at one point, you know, he's even called like colonizer in a kind of glib and funny way. Um, mm. And I really appreciate that. I thought that was a great way of treating it. And it's like if the Marvel fucking universe can can be that you know sophisticated, then. Um, then frankly, so should everyone else. Yeah. So we're moving into late spring now. I, so I, in, I, I feel like I was. We're, uh, we in, were, we're in May now. Yeah. yeah. So on May the first, we watched Twenty Four Hour Party People, which is which is great fun. I still and, want to see um, that movie. Oh, it's brilliant. And we uh, we watched. We got high and watched Rush Hour, which was fun as well. We ate. I <laughs> we ate pizzas that night. I hadn't seen that since I was a kid. 
Uh, we watched. Do you the... enjoy it now? Or... Yes, got yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, Rear Window, we watched because, you know, that is the ultimate, uh, probably, uh, pandemic film. I watched a Western that you bought for me called Bite the Bullet, which is a very interesting uh, premise that doesn't quite deliver. It's a horse race across uh, uh, the West that has James Coburn, Ben Johnson, Gene Hackman. Oh, right, okay. um, uh, what's his name? Ian Bannon is in it. Isn't uh, Robert Ryan in it? Robert Ryan is not in the film. Okay, let me have a look. Let me might have be a look confusing about the different. But I tell you who is. It's that actor, uh, Jan Michael Vincent, who had that sort of slightly sad fate, dying a couple of years ago. Um, mm. Yeah, sort of alcoholic and stuff. But um, we watched the classic uh, uh, Ernst Lubitsch, uh, To Be or Not To Be, um, which is really good wartime comedy mm. and satire. Um, Sin City, which is always worth uh, always worth watching. I saw that recently. And then I think one of the greatest films I've watched in lockdown is uh, Sunrise, A Tale of Two Humans by uh, Fu Murnau. Um, Fu Murnau. F.W. Murnau. Uh, Friedrich Wilhelm uh, Murnau, uh, who directed it in America. Uh, it's very good. Um, other very good films that we watched in May include The Gunfighter with Gregory Peck, which is fantastic. Charlie Chaplin's The Kid. Mm, um, I saw that recently as well. Mildred Pierce. Good film. Uh, Zulu, which is a guilty pleasure, but nonetheless, uh, a very fun movie. Um, but yes, it's racist. Um, Tampopo, uh, which is a beautiful film about noodles. Uh, Vertigo, which is perhaps the greatest film ever made. Discuss. And, Debatable. Um, deba- well, yeah. Sight and Sound uh, yeah. made it. Although recently, Tokyo Story has overtaken it. Interesting. And we actually, later in the year, we did watch Tokyo Story, and that is a very good film. I have not seen any Ozu films. I really want to watch that. One of the last films we watched in May was The Long Goodbye, which Robert Altman, which I think I've I've discussed before, which is very good. And then on your recommendation, on on June the 1st, I watched uh, Cemetery Without Crosses. Which is a really interesting film. (laughs) I really really liked it. It's It's a very cool film. By this point, we were also doing our Hitchcock uh, group. So we watched uh, Notorious and we watched... No, no, Notorious. Yeah, not not written for the film. Uh, We watched uh, Psycho, which obviously is amazing. We also watched The Birds, which I did not care that much for, but, you know. Yeah, I think... think Oh, it's fine. fine. I gave it a three-star, like, straight down the middle. There there was a lot to enjoy, but I think it was ultimately a bit silly. Yeah. Um, But other... There was some other good stuff we watched that month. Um, I discovered the... the, uh, um, African-American director Oscar Michaud uh, who directs this wonderful film called uh, Body and Soul from 1925 starring um, Paul Robeson um, as two different characters one of whom is a psychotic priest and the other one is I have not good... heard of this movie it is it's really really fun um, we watched Brighton Rock um, the we... Attenborough version yeah the one with Richard Attenborough which is directed by uh, John Bolting um, which Was is a Carol classic I thought, I thought Carol Reed no I thought so too but it's directed yeah. by John Bolting and uh, it is it's very Carol Reed-esque um, and it's very like, it's like a classic sort of British film noir. Carol um, did do Third Man. Yeah. Watched a terrific uh, German movie uh, directed by Istvan Zsabo, who I think is Hungarian, um, Mephisto, which is all about uh, an actor struggling to um, have a career in, in, in Nazi Germany and making some moral compromises. Uh, we also watched Tell No One, which is a terrific French thriller that I think I've spoken about before. Yeah, it's a good film. Um and yeah, you know, we carried on watching films into um, into July, uh, into the into the summer, uh, including um, a great film. Um, well, maybe not so great film, but it was a very it was a very wonderful film, but directed by Kathleen Collins called Losing Ground. Um, I think she I've, was one I think of, I've heard the, of them, one maybe. of the first sort of major. 
independent um, feature film to be directed by a black woman. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really, really good. I, I, I recommend it. Nice. Um, uh, Dial M for Murder, again, with our Hitchcock uh, nice. film group that we were in, Bullet, which uh, if you haven't had a chance to rewatch it recently, I sincerely recommend that you do. Um, the Steve McQueen film. Yes. Have you seen High Sierra, directed by Raoul Walsh with uh, no, Humphrey Bogart? Oh, so that's a, everyone, listeners, that's a terrific film noir. You should all watch it. Uh, we watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which needs no introduction. Classic. We got into a bit of a, speaking of a, a little hole, uh, as it were, we got into a sort of film noir pit and we watched a Gun Crazy uh, around this time, um, you know, following on from High Sierra. Uh, and we also watched a great uh, screwball comedy um, called The Lady Eve by Preston Sturgis with Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck. Nice. Uh, and then we started doing our, our little New York group moved on to, um, uh, sorry, our little film group moved on to film set in New York. So we watched uh, Serpico, which is obviously classic, fantastic film. And around this time, uh, late summer, I had the treat of watching a film that, one of the films, that, it might not be the best film I've seen this year, but it's one of the films that's really stayed with me. And that's uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Ooh, good film. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed that. Um, it's quite... Um, There's a lot to talk about with that film. It's yeah. not as, it's not as like... I it's mean, not as seamless as Get yeah, Out, let's yeah. be honest. And it's not as good as Get Out, but it is very, very fun. I yes. think there's a, it's a thrill ride in it. I think it doesn't have as much... I mean, yeah, you can get to, you know, to stroke your chin beard a bit and think about yes. the messages, but you can also just enjoy it for a, uh, yeah. as a roller coaster. Nice. Um, so this is what you watched in May. No, that takes me up to the end of July, pretty much. I skipped a few. Uh, oh, okay. I, oh, we watched Tootsie. Uh, Tootsie That's a good film. Tootsie's pretty fun, yeah. Somebody's telling it's me it might be you. Do you want slap? Yeah, okay. Uh, do you, uh, the Tootsie's interesting, though, when you watch a film about Dustin Hoffman pursuing a woman with slightly questionable means, it is a little bit uncomfortable, perhaps. Like, maybe... Just, but, just, a, just a tad. But, you know, you know <laughs> we watch Woody Allen movies, so... Um, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it is what it is. What are you gonna so do? What are you watching over the summer? Yeah, so yeah, at the beginning of May I watched some so watched some stuff. I watched a film called I watched two films, the Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too, which is like these magicians. Now you see me, now you don't. Yeah, so it's about oh, so these... why didn't they call it Now You Don't? That would have been the perfect That would have been so That would have been yeah. the perfect name for the sequel, Now yeah. You See Me Too. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and then we watched uh, I watched One True Thing, which is this um, this family drama directed by Carl Franklin, who did the movie Devil in a Blue Dress mm -hmm. with uh, Meryl, Oh yes, which we've spoken about. Meryl yeah. Streep, William Hurt, uh, Renee Zellweger. Really, really nice film about a woman coming home and sort of confronting the relationship that he has with that she has with her mother while she's ill and dying and God, things like this. Grim. Yeah, uh, Barbarella. Hadn't seen Barbarella, so I was that's very that's a bonkers film. It is a I mean that's that takes campness to a new level. I mean, we we spoke. Did you put it on Holmes movies? Recommend? Yeah, I talked yeah. about it. Yeah, love. Yeah. <laughs> And then I watched um, Outland with Sean Connery, which is like this high noon, but set on Jupiter. Oh. Can we just uh, have a moment? We've mentioned him a few times. Yeah. But we haven't actually mentioned the fact that we lost the great man yeah. just a couple of months ago. So, uh, you know, RIP to a real one. Mm. Um, I think the sort of the, you know, he, he set the stage for all action stars after that. He really like laid the groundwork yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, he, he, was he was James Bond he, for so you many know, people. Not just action. I mean, he was a great actor in his own. I mean, you watch, you watch Man Who Would Be King. You watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, there is a really great actor there. Yeah. He was he was macho. Like I think in some ways he's Great Britain's John Wayne. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's like, a little bit. Kind of a masculine like the like sort of 
symbol in some ways and obviously someone who had some questionable opinions and said some especially weird around women yeah exactly so but but a real icon all the same yeah he was an icon anyway yeah. so you watched that so i watched uh moneyball with uh which is a film i've L- liked more every time when I've seen it. Oh, interesting. Baseball film. Yeah. With, um, yeah it's, uh, it's, and it was written by uh, Marion Sorkin, wasn't it? Yeah, originally Stephen Zalian, and then he wrote, he rewrote it. Um, directed by Bennett Miller, who did Capote and Foxcatcher, and has a very slow, methodical style to his films. Yeah, almost too sense. slow in yeah. the case of uh, Foxcatcher. Yeah, that was a that was a weird one. And then I watched In the Loop because I was in the mood for something funny. Yeah, well, you're always going to get a laugh from that one. Yeah, and then I watched The Fugitive, one of our fan favorites. You see, that's another one I've been keeping on ice because, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's always so good to go back to. That is a film I genuinely could rewatch every week if I had to. Yeah, I, I, that that is so intensely rewatchable. It's so. I don't know what it is, and I get excited every time. I mean, I know that sounds really stupid, but I genuinely—it is such a well-done thriller. Mm. I I don't think people talk about it enough, and and Tommy Lee Jones was never better. I mean, he deservedly won the Oscar for it. Yeah, I think um, the the cinematographer on the movie. I'm just going to get it up on my phone. (laughs) Michael Chapman, the cinematographer who I who sadly passed away in in September. These are the film. These are the other. Oh yes, I I remember. Yeah, these are the other films that he did. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Space Jam, Lost Boys. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I love that. Taxi Driver, Raging, Driver, Raging Bull, Space Jam. What do you want now? Yeah. And then he did. He also did The Last Detail with um, That's Jack Nicholson. That is a great film. Um, Primal Fear with Richard Gere, which is a really... Primal Gear with Richard Fear. <laughs> no. Um, and yay. And then he did Evolution, Kindergarten Cop, a lot of films with Ivan So Whitman. it's fair to say... Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The... Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. It's fair to say that there's a couple of films that skew the average, but that he's yeah. done a lot of shite. Yes. Pay the bills, I guess. And, yeah, and then I got into my sort of Kurosawa phase. I watched Yojimbo. You, I bet you were an insufferable during this one. <laughs> I watched Yojimbo, Sanjuro. Yojimbo! <laughs> uh, the Hidden Fortress, which you talked about. And, yeah, and then, marvellous film. And then I saw Cage Musha, which is a film that was kind of like a his sort of Pre, like, that was like his practice run for Ran. Yeah, it? basically. His yeah. practice Ran. <laughs> his practice Ran. And then I watched Ran. I f- finished it off that. Ran, Ran is so fucking good. It is so beautiful as well. Oh, that's. People, if you haven't seen Kurosawa's Ran, watch it immediately. It is so bloody yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It's it like. It's amazing. It's like a Kubrick epic, but done with Kurosawa's sensibility. It's like a David Lean film. But with Kurosawa's like grip and control and and sense of what the look and feel needs to be, it is so sensual and breath like breathtaking is not a word mm. I use often to describe anything except you know running and 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 it is absolutely breathtaking. It is so astonishing. It is, and, really and good. I've only seen it once, but I feel like I could remember every single frame. It is yes. so um, vivid and vital and. Um, I can, cinematography, oh, I can, the production design, yeah. and costumes honestly, is amazing. Honestly, like if there's there's a lot of film, we're throwing out a lot of names here, but um, but uh, That's one Ran is, is is seriously, folks, yeah. watch Ran. So I'm just going to skip over a few. I watched um, Spider Baby, which is Jack Hill's film. Which uh, I yeah, you recommended that. Yeah, that's yeah. a very. I, I really like that movie. It was really cool. And then I watched Pit Stop, which was another film that he did, which was like a Easy Rider psychedelic kind of movie because he wanted to basically do. Who are we talking about? Uh, Jack Hill, the director. Oh, Jack Hill, yeah. Because Roger Corman came up to him and wanted and pitched this film to him because he wanted to do like 
an art house film and Roger Corman wanted to do a movie about cars and then Roger Corman was like well, why don't you just do an art house movie about cars and that's essentially what well, stop is there you go yeah and then I watched cin- certain cinematography without crosses cemetery without crosses and then I watched um, Silverado the very fun yeah, yeah. that's a that's a, the western does not have a great decade in the 80s but Silverado yeah. is a wonderful throwback yes and then I watched The Untouchables speaking of Sean Connery yeah yeah won his Oscar for the film yeah it's like you send one of his to the. He's I know. I was, I was questioning whether Jesse just went one of his to the hospital. He's like, "Well, that's there's to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. That's how you get Capone." Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a really great behind-the-scenes story between him and Andy Garcia on that movie, which was really funny. Well, are you gonna tell it? Well, it's it's basically like there was like a day where it was like everyone was there, but also it was like a very quick shot of Sean Connery where he only had like half of his costume, and then the other half was just golf pants. And then he just got his that old stuff out of the way. And then Andy Garcia was quite impressed how he just kind of came, did all this stuff and left. And then Sean Connery was like, not my first rodeo. <laughs> and then I watched um, The Firm, which is another very watchable, rewatchable uh, 90s thriller with Tom Cruise. Probably one of his best films, directed by uh, Sidney Pollack. And uh, Robert Nero, right? No. What? De Niro? Oh, that's The Fan. Oh, that's Tony Scott and then I watched The Mercenary which is one of Sergio Corbucci's uh, spaghetti westerns and then I watched Lady Snowblood which is a really good film and practically everything of that movie is homaged or ripped off and Kill Bill and Breakfast at Tiffany's which I hadn't really seen before Breakfast at Tiffany's does not stand up that well nowadays especially I mean there's the racism thing but when you like, <laughs> yeah exactly like the, the Mickey Rooney that is that, that they should have Fired that that whole character into the sun. That's he such he, a, he he's such sort a of terrible <laughs> idea. It every, is every... so like it is so nineteen sixty one. It is so yeah. embarrassing. It is like you know in Mad Men when you see them like there's that bit in Mad Men where um, Roger Sterling um, does blackface at his own yes. wedding. Like, that's what that feels like. It is like that yes. totally clueless mid century humor. But also like yes, there are some stylish moments. Yes, but like ultimately it's just like a run of the mill rom com. It is, yeah. Like which, with a which, very, very iconic actress at its core. Yeah, which the book really isn't. No, it is. Books about a prostitute. Yeah, very dark book. If you when, right. you when you think about it. Yeah, Truman Capote did not write light, you know, hardy hard rom coms. Stop picking your nose. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the same room. You're not even on Zoom, and you got your finger in your fucking face. <laughs> Jesus, I'm glad we're not on video. Disgusting yeah. freak. Now you're touching your phone. It wasn't my finger. You're so disgusting. It was the other finger. It was the other finger. I don't want to hear that on a podcast. It's the other finger. The people are turning off now. Yeah, okay. I mentioned it. So then I got into a bit of a Spike Lee uh, watch. I watched Black Klansman, uh, Chirac, Miracle at St. Anna, which was his war film that he did, uh, Inside Man with uh, Denzel Washington and Clive Owen and Jodie Foster, and Christopher Plummer. Really, really good heist movie. And then I watched his documentary, Four Little Girls, uh, Bamboozled, which I talked about on the podcast. Yeah. And then I watched Ava DuVernay's documentary, 13th. Oh, which, man, that is... That is which really is a film weird. everybody should watch. Yeah, that should be required viewing. Yeah, so... And then I watched... The Candidate, which was uh, Robert Red... Have you seen The Candidate? No, I haven't. No. It's a good film. It's a very interesting uh, f- political drama. I think it has a lot... I think. It... I just... You know what? This year, I did not have the appetite for interesting political dramas because there was enough yeah. going on. 
Yeah, um, and then I watched uh, this movie called The Hate You Give, which was um, adapted from a young adult novel, which uh, related quite a lot to what was going on at the time with George, with what happened to yeah. George Floyd. Yeah. And the film is a, quite a powerful film and very well done. I thought it was very respectful and it was it was really, really, really well made. Um, I went and watched one of The Little Women, the not not a little woman, but the film, one of the films. Which one? Uh, the... The Daphne Hepburn one. No, not the, the 90s one with Susan Sarandon, Winona Ryder, and uh, Claire Danes. It feels like they make one every generation, doesn't it? They do, yeah. I watched uh, I watched the new one with uh, Sharsha Ronan. Uh, Saoirse. 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 It's Saoirse. Chicago. 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 Shish kebab. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Stop. Okay. Let's not... Let's not make Let's not just quote Ace Ventura every single time we get on the podcast. But um, I thought it was very charming. It's very charming. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then I watched uh, The Five Bloods, which I really liked. liked. I liked it too. And then I watched a movie called Sea Fever, which is a movie about a fishing uh, boat that gets marooned out in the middle of nowhere. And it's a bit like The Thing, because there's like some squid shiny squid thing that attaches themselves to the people and it relates a little bit to what was going on at the time because with covid and everything like that so it would it very kind of tell me more about this film yeah. when's it from who made it? it came out last year in the festivals it's directed by nasa hardiman oh. and stars and stars um do grace scott connie nielsen those are the more sort of well-known actors right right film. right so it's like you, it's like there's a it's it's in set in. Would West you say Ireland. it was a scary movie? It was a bit creepy. Yeah. Mm. When once it, cabin fever sets in on the ship, that's when it gets a bit creepy. Mm. But it's a very it, it's a very interesting film. I really liked it. and It was quite self-contained and really nice. Right. Uh, and then one I'm, of the big things for us has been it's been harder and harder to get what the Americans call calamari because mm. uh, because of the COVID. Really? Yeah. Mm, did not know that. Well, yeah, I, I watched, and then I watched. It wasn't the supermarket. Not. Where is the fucking squid? <laughs> <laughs> I watched um, King of Staten Island, the Pete Davidson film, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good. Twenty One Bridges with Chadwick Boseman. Again, we lost him as well this yeah. year. Very yeah. sad. That was very sad. That was uh, actually really sad. That was incredibly. Just... But Twenty One Bridges not supposed to be that good, right? I liked it. You like every film. I I thought what would it was... a normal person say. It was fine. Right. It was uh, like it's it's <laughs> like it's like the equi- like when you're it's like an airplane novel basically. It's right. Like, right. Yeah. 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 That's essentially yeah. what it okay. is. Okay. Gotcha. And then I watched uh, John Singleton uh, John Singleton's film Rosewood, which was about the uh, Rosewood massacre that happened in Florida in the nineteen mm. twenties. Yeah. If you, do you know anything about that? No. I think you no. Wait a second. You mentioned this. You mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, my worry is that we're only in midsummer at the moment, and we are still. You have a long list to go through. So, do you yes. think we might want to go through this a bit more quickly? I'll just skip through. Okay. So then I watched the Spider Man trilogy, a few more Spike Lee films, and then I had like a monster. Say what you like about Spike Lee. The guy's prolific. Yes. And then I watched a few little monster movies. One of which was a film called The Relic, which was really cool. And then I watched The Homesman. Uh, that's good uh, then I watched Hostiles which wasn't as good no not quite Devil in a Blue Dress uh, a film called Diary of a Teenage Girl Swallow hey hang on what <laughs> nothing <laughs> okay. sorry uh, on. and then I saw Wag the Dog which was this political comedy yeah, which we talked about on was the, on the recommendation yeah. and then I watched Lona Scherfig's film The Kindness of Strangers which you can always depend on the kindness of strangers. Oh, okay. Which was... <laughs> What's wrong with us? I don't know. Which 
was not good. Okay. Uh, and then I watched... <laughs> Yeah, and then I watched uh, Quick and the Dead, which is Sam Raimi. The Sam. I want to see that now because you watched that and you were you were positively waxing lyrical all over the internet about this film, and yes. I want to I want to see how wrong you are. No, I actually want to see it because it looked really really interesting, and I've never it has it just I missed it. I just I never you, watched it. I think if you like Sam Raimi's movies and his style, it's... wait a second, stupid question. What Sam Raimi films have I seen? Spider Man, Evil Dead. I haven't seen Evil Simple Plan. Uh, no. Okay. Well, I've seen Spider Man, which I think is shit. So, is, does he make any? Has he made any good films? He did Evil Dead movies. Oh, okay. I haven't seen okay. Well, anyway, I'll watch the quicker than this. And then I watched uh, the Hat in the Rocks, the Cradle, Paddington, the, <laughs> which is a really, really like. Just, I've heard. I've heard Paddington is good. Heart I will. What if I ever have children? I will watch. Yes. It. Or if I'm ever on a plane, there's nothing. Uh, else. Kung Fu Panda two and three. Whoa! <laughs> what? <laughs> they can't be good. The second one is You, great. by the way, bone to pick here. I was going through and I was like, oh, I wonder what films Anders gives five stars to on Letterboxd. And now, I'd mentioned that my five-star ratings are very, very carefully considered. You gave five stars to Kung Fu Panda. Did I? Explain yourself. <laughs> Did I give five stars to Kung Fu Panda? I think you may have done. Oh, that, that might have been a bit... <laughs> Oh. It might have been a bit generous. <laughs> it might have been a bit too generous. Right, no, I don't want to take you off your game. Look, look, look it up later. Look yeah, it up look later. it up. Look where, it up. Where, where, so, so you want me to pick it up then? Yeah, no, no, I'm picking it up. I'm still... I'm, ne- in, I'm nearly done with sort of summer. I watched Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. And uh, then I watched um, Bat- Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. And then I watched The Old Guard, the new film with Charlize Theron, Man of Steel, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, the Andrew Garfield movies, and then I watched Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, the spin-off with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham, which was good fun. Really? It was good fun. Oh my god. Okay, well, my August began quite well, I'll say, with uh, Death in Venice. Ooh. Uh, and Get Shorty. Ooh, good fun. Love that. Uh, and Shaft. Shaft. And Faust by... Uh, by um, uh, by Fuhr Murnau Friedrich Wilhelm Murnau then I watched a crap western with Clark Gable called Across the Wide Missouri which is based on a Pulitzer Prize winning non-fiction book and should be way better than it is uh, very disappointing um, the brilliant The Apartment I, I then also watched King Vidor's The Crowd which if you haven't seen it is very 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 worth seeing it's hard to get hold of I have a copy on my laptop and you're welcome to watch it yes. while I'm here um, we watched Rosemary's Baby. August was good for us. Yes. Uh, we watched The Deep, which did I recommend this to you? Uh, no, isn't it? It is directed by Peter Yates, and it oh, is right. based on a, I believe, it based on a Michael Crichton a book. Is it? Wait, who wrote Jaws? Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley. It's based on a Peter Benchley book, and it has Robert Shaw playing an old sea dog. That's they are definitely it. trying to cash in on the Jaws thing, and it's got scuba diving. It also has the live and let die problem. All the bad guys are black. All the good guys are white. Ugh, that's a that's yeah. A bad yeah. issue. Anyway, followed that up with the Purple Rose of Cairo, which is a lovely film. It's one of Woody Allen's. It's a gem. Gem of the film. Yeah, it's one of his best movies. Gorgeous little film. I think. I think if you if you like cinema, if you like film, if both of you like old film, and if you like Mia Farrow, watch this. It's so charming. Then I watched this quite obscure but really fun Bud Bedeker gangster film called The Rise and Fall of Legs Diamond which is very silly but incredibly fun to watch nice uh, then two European war films The Soldier of Orange uh, the Dutch Paul Verhoeven one and The Skin which is a slightly 
strange Italian one um, uh, directed by Liliana Cavani, which is strange in many ways, partly because all the English characters speak Italian in it, which is very confusing. Interesting. Uh, even though like one of them is played by Burt Lancaster. And Burt Lancaster's wandering around like speaking Italian, even though he's playing an American general. So that's confusing. Um, September carried on uh, in a good vein. Uh, we started it with The Brother from Another Planet, which I've spoken about, and is uh, really good. seriously great film. Uh, the Gold Diggers of 1933, which is one of those um, uh, Busby Berkeley uh, musical sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. Also really, really great. Fantastic cast in this film. Uh, you've got your um, your Joan Blondells, your Ruby Keelers, uh, Dick Powell, you know Ginger Rogers. It's... Um, it's a, it's a great movie. We watched nice. uh, Casablanca uh, with our friends, uh, Emma and Matt. We watched it in their garden, on a uh, projected onto a screen. Uh, I made the mistake of what went on the mistake. I'd never seen Gone with the Wind. I watched Gone with the Wind. Didn't like it. Very racist. Blah, blah, blah. Moving Don't on. Like, yeah. um, watched one of the first gangster films from 1912, The Musketeers of Pig Alley, um, which is a 15-minute um, uh, uh, journey through um, the... Uh, um, you know, the slums of New York nice. uh, or somewhere like that. I uh, watched uh, Carl Theodore Dreyer's Or We watched uh, Wings of Desire by Wim Wenders, which is eh, Beautiful. very, very good. When Harry Met Sally, which, uh, uh, you know, was fine. Tokyo Story. Tokyo Story is one of the other great films that I have watched nice. um, in this in this period, and it is so flipping good. Um, have you seen it? No. What? I did mention it before that I haven't seen any oh, other films. Okay, well, I forget things. Okay. Um, bringing Up Baby. Great film. Uh, Duck, You Sucker. Or another, uh, another of or, Well, no, let's call it what it is. It's either Dueler Tester or Duck, You Sucker. Um, and then I, in our uh, film group, I had to introduce uh, The Naked City, uh, which was my, that was one of my Isn't films that I'd suggested because we were watching films set in New York. And nice. so I had to do a, I had to bore everyone with a lecture about The Naked City. And then, of course, we got to Scary Movie Month, but I'll wait there and wait for you to get to Scary Movie, yes. movie Month so, as well. So August, uh, I didn't watch that many films because I was doing a few things at that time, short films and stuff. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, Terminator Dark Fate, Blade Runner, In the Heart of the Sea, which was... Mm. It's a shame. That should be better than it is. Yeah. I wish they shot it less digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boys in the Hood. Could eight. do it again. We could do remake it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Boys in the Hood, Eight and a Half, which is a beautiful Fellini film I hadn't seen before. Amazing film. Uh, probably one of the best movies about movies. Hmm. Uh, Salvador, uh, Oliver Stone's film. It's the film he did before Platoon. So he did those two movies back to back. Really good film. Bit brutal, but good. I saw W, which is the film about George Bush. Any good? It's fine, but I feel like it's it takes a very sort of like Capra-esque feel with Bush, which doesn't really work. I don't know why. And then I watched... Uh, John... Josh Bush is played by James Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> well, the end of history will all be dead. <laughs> uh, now, now, they're telling me they flew two uh, airplanes into the world trade. Huh. Here's our children uh, learning. <laughs> uh, Dick, Dick, wait a second. Uh, yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched a movie called Silver City, which is a film directed by John Sayles. Hmm. It's a bit like Lone John Sayles has been really a feature of this. Yes. Because a Brother from Another Planet was one of the great the things I really enjoyed in this uh, yeah. in this lockdown. And um, Do you want me to explain the plot of the movie? What, what Silver City? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, so, I massively interrupted you there. I no, no, no. So Silver City, it came out in 2004, and it was a little bit of a bush Jabber film. Hey, 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 <laughs> So the movie basically. So it's got an all star cast. Chris Cooper plays this sort of dim witted um, 
guy who's running for, you know, Senate or Governor or something. Hang on a minute. You did mention this. You recommended it on the podcast. I might have done, yes. And because I talked about um, Lone Stars. Yeah, we keep talking about John Sayles. I don't actually think I... Br- I Hang on a minute. People think- should watch John Sayles movies. Yes. That's the lesson here. Yes. And I really want to see Mate One, and it's damnably difficult to get hold yeah, of. Yeah, there's a lot of films of his that are very hard to get a hold of. But Why? Damn it, I don't know. <laughs> but, but Silver City is really good, and, and he, it's there, at the beginning of the movie, Richard Dreyfus plays his campaign manager. No, no, you have spoken about this have on I? the podcast. Have I yeah. spoken about Yes, this? you have. Literally, it was recorded. Did I? I didn't. It wasn't yeah, a... the guy who plays his campaign manager, they're in Texas, it's... They, so, fi- they, yeah, find a the... bo- they find a body in the lake, and it's oh. an immigrant... And they're trying to sort of distance themselves from a political scandal, so they hire it's a dark a, comedy, bit of a dark comedy, dark political comedy, where Danny Houston plays this disgruntled, disgraced journalist trying to sort of investigate it. So there's like a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Chris Chris Christopherson is in it. All Bill, the Chris's. Billy Zane, um, Daryl Hannah, briefly. Oh yeah, what a cast. Yeah, really good film. And then I watched Coffee with uh, Pam Greer. Mm. Great film. Directed by Jack Hill. And then I watched uh, Pain and Gain, which is uh, not... Hang on, I thought you'd left your Wahlberg hole. You went diving back in for more Wahlburgers. Yeah, I went back for more Wahlburgers. Um, Not a great film. No, and I could have told you that without having to watch it. I did, no, because I feel like one of the things I don't really like about it is the fact that it's a true crime film. It's based on a true story that happened in Miami in the 90s about these musclehead oh, guys who kidnapped and stole money from from a rich guy and then they tried to do it again and ended up killing two people fuck the problem is that film is directed by michael bay and the problem that michael bay does in the film and i've written about this for my for our blog is that he tries to make us sympathize with the guys right and that was wrong and that's why i don't really like the film for that reason, and for a bunch of other reasons as well. I was going to say, probably a couple of others. Ones yeah, and then I watched uh, yeah. being a shit director. Yeah, and then I saw The Emperor's New Groove. Hey, that is an underrated Disney film. Yes, and then I watched uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the uh, Charlie Kaufman film, which I talked about on the podcast. Yes, yes. And then I watched 42, the Chadwick Boseman, uh, Jackie Robinson film with Harrison Ford. Any good? Quite good, yeah, very good. Uh, then I saw Clueless. You ever seen Clueless? No, but it, we we've been keeping that one a nice as well, actually. Uh, so we'll probably watch it. It's quite a charming soon. film. Yeah, a very very charming. Yeah, film. yeah. No, it's one of Lily's favourites actually. So yeah. we'll, we'll watch it at some point. And then I watched Deep Impact, which was the other asteroid film that was competing. Why with. does this keep happening? <laughs> Why it up? The Capote movies, Deep Impact. Like, what is this? Why does Hollywood do this all the time? I don't know, but this was this is the more scientifically accurate film and and not as michael bay can we move on yes i want to think about okay and then i saw and then i saw lady snowblood 2 love song of vengeance and then i saw a max Ophel's film le plaisir which is a beautiful beautiful oh i have not seen that uh blade runner 2049 and then i saw the christopher nolan batman we have that here we do, yeah. Well, I'd like to watch it. Yeah. And then, uh, then I watched uh, a movie called Stardust with uh, Felina, my girlfriend, which is like this really kind of... She's cool... in it? Or you watched it with her? No, I watched it with her. It's this. Uh, it's directed by Matthew Vaughan. It was his film he did after Layer Cake, which is it's like this really cool fantasy film. It's based on Neil Gaiman's story. People, you're getting a lot of film recommendations for free yeah. right here, let me tell you. And then I watched a little bit of a pre-scary sort of pre movie month. I watched a film called Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. So it's... You're familiar with Tales from the Crypt? 
Yes. The TV show. So they did. They tried to do like movies. Folks, if you're not interested in horror, fast forward the podcast <laughs> about ten minutes because we're about to hit October. Yeah, and then after, so I really liked Demon Knight. It was a really, really fun film directed by Ernest Dickerson, who was the cinematographer on Do the Right Thing and Brother from Another Planet. There we go. Yes, and then I, I did watched... not realize they had the same cinematographer, but that is so great. Yeah, and then I watched another film of his that he directed called Bones, which is like this uh, black exploitation horror film. It's basically it's it's these um, these kids. It's in this like area where it's really like crime ridden. There's drugs, corrupt cops, things like that. And then they try to like they find this old house that they want to turn into a nightclub, and then they find out that it was once owned by this uh, pimp called Bones, played by Snoop Dogg. Oh, who was killed, oh. who disappeared many years ago. <laughs> and while they're there remantling and trying to turn this place into a nightclub, they dis- they disturb the... remantling a word? I don't think I don't it know. Is. But they but they disturb it the... It should sp- be. If dismantling is a word, yeah, remantling but, should but be. They, um, but they disturb the spirit of Bones, who comes back for Jesus. revenge to go after the people who, who murdered him. So it has a very kind of social subtext to it, which is really nice. Does it? It does, a little okay, bit, Okay, yeah. right, okay. So let's go into Scary Movie Month then, now yeah. we're at it, unless you have anything else to add. Uh, I watched, because uh, I discovered Disney+, Plus. I watched a bunch of short uh, Pixar films, like some of their old stuff that they did before Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Really, really nice. Um, and then I watched um, Ready or Not, which is this really cool uh, horror comedy. Have you heard of it? Came no. out last year. No. Yeah, it was really, really funny. I recommend that. I think you would, you would, you would enjoy that. And then I watched uh, another round. I watched Exorcist three. I watched the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg film on the basis of sex. Blues Brothers, School of Rock, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, which is a film we have to see because you have to experience this movie oh, okay it is do you have it it's here it's on blu-ray it's beautiful it's, oh yeah please so yeah i'd love to what, like, what I, it no, don't describe it yeah don't, no, okay, okay don't describe it. i okay, can't describe okay, it okay okay so now we're in october all right so i will um i will i will take us through my october it's not as scary as yours probably but the scary films i watched were Hexen, the um benjamin christensen film silent film about mm-hmm. uh, witchcraft through the ages I watched The Old Dark House, Nosferatu, The Wolfman, um, Suspiria, which I loved, mm-hmm. um, uh, Daughters of Darkness. Those were basically my scary films. But the other films I watched in October included Ronin, um, uh, Black Book, the Paul Verhoeven mm-hmm. one, um, uh, The Big Combo, which if you haven't seen it, folks, is a really great film noir directed by Joseph H. Lewis. There's a lot going on in that film. Mm. Um and um, a film that I actually really loved, another one of those ones that will really stay with me from um, uh, from the lockdown, from the pandemic period, is the Vin Vendors' The American Friend uh, with um, uh, Dennis Hopper and um, Bruno Gans. That's a really good film. Mm. Um, and um, Dennis Hopper plays Tom Ripley, so it's kind of a, it, it would be a great follow-up to um, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, I think it, it also it... has uh, Sam Fuller and Nicholas Ray Interesting. In the film, yeah. Sam Fuller plays a gangster and Nicholas Ray plays an art forger. Yeah, I would, I would, I really yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I, I, it is, it is uh, tremendous. Sam Fuller also cameoed in a, what was the John Luke Goddard film that it was in? It was not Boot de Souffle, it was. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Oh, what was the other one? Oh, Pierre Le Fou. Oh, I haven't seen Pierre Le Fou. Yeah. No. I am. Um, I watched a, a Hollywood classic in October called Grand Hotel, with uh, which is uh, obviously directed by uh, Edmund Goulding. Uh, sorry, no, that's no, no one remembers Edmund Goulding. I thought it was directed by someone else. But it has this amazing cast. It has uh, Greta yeah. Garbo, John Barrymore, John 
Crawford, Wallace Beery, Lionel Barrymore. Mm. It is a it's 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 a it's a delightful film. Um, we watched Metropolis, which uh, you could argue is a maybe a scary film. Uh, it's sexy, quite creepy. Sexy Beast, which is just one of the greatest, uh, and um, and a film that you'd recommended, The Warriors. Ooh, good film. Um, which yeah, one? Did was... you watch the original cut or the director's cut? No, we watched the, the director's original. cut. We watched the original cut without the comic book. Yeah, because that was like that was pure George Lucas. But I think I'll, I'll think. Uh, what were you? T- tell me about your scary movie. Month, okay, then. so my scary movie month started a little soft. I watched uh, Hocus Pocus, the Disney film with Bette Midler and. Which I've actually never seen. It's good fun. And then I watched The Uninvited, which is like this, like one of the first haunted house movies. It's got Ray Milland, who, mm-hmm. um, very wonderfully atmospheric, gothic horror movie. And it's like the proper sort of like haunted house film set in Britain, because in America, they always go like, oh, tearing me apart. And they tackle it and they're like, oh, oh no, this ghost. What, what do we do? The cat doesn't want to go upstairs. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <very> awkward. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched uh, Dario Argento's movie, Ph- Phenomena, with uh, Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance, which was really nice. And then I watched uh, Event Horizon, which is like this sci fi horror from 1997 with Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. Really, really good film. It's basically a haunted house movie set in space. A haunted space movie. Yes. Directed by uh, Paul W. S. Anderson, who did the Resident Evil movies, and then I watched the entirety of the Friday the Thirteenth uh, franchise. How many films? Uh, ten. No. Oh, fucking hell! Eleven, if you count. Jesus uh, Christ! Freddy vs. Jason. Oh. And then I watched uh, Psycho Two. Bad. Good, actually. Oh. But you said Psycho 3 was the... No, Exorcist 3. Exorcist, Exorcist 2 bad, Psycho 2 good. Yes. Psycho 3 bad, Exorcist 3 good. Actually, Psycho 3 is fine. Psycho 3 fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Psycho 3 is actually directed by Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Yeah. No, Psycho 2 is really... It was really good fun. It has Anthony Perkins, who is in Exorcist 3. No, no he's not. That's a... Uh, no, it was Brad Dorf. Are you talking about Brad? Right, yes. yes. Sorry, sorry. I got confused. No, so Psycho 2 takes place. Um, he's just been... Norman Bates, he's been let out. They feel like he is recovered. So <laughs> they're integrating him back into society. They're bringing him back to his own home. The motel is still being, you know, run. But there is only one person who is critical of this, and that is... Uh, great, the great Vera Miles who plays. Oh, is she in it? Yeah. She oh, cool. Yeah. That's great that she brought her back. Yeah. So, and then while he's, you know, trying to sort of get back to normal, normal, basically, and um, every someone has been leaving him notes signed "Mother." No. And he starts to go a bit crazy and oh, stuff. Oh, that's that's not funny. And people start dying, and of course everyone, they do. And people start thinking it's him. And I mean. You're not going to make a film called Psycho 2 where no one dies, let's be honest. Yeah. You're going to rack up a body count. Yeah. But I like how they, even though they didn't um, shoot on the same set that they shot with Psycho, they managed to recreate it exactly how it was in in the original film. It's that's, really cool. that's tremendous. No, I, yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. And then I watched a movie called The Mothman Prophecies with uh, Richard Gere, which is a sort of a film based around this thing that happened in West Virginia where people saw the Mothman, basically. <laughs> It's a really, really, really good film, actually. Really, really good. And then I watched the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Is that a big man who goes into your cupboards and eats all your jumpers? No, it's something that appears before natural disasters and stuff. Yeah. And then I watched uh, The Mummy with um, with uh, Christopher Lee as, uh, as The Mummy, mm. one of the Hammer horror films. And then I watched a Robert Altman horror film called Images oh. with Julie Christie. And uh, what's-his-face, Rene... Um, Zellweger. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Boston Legal, Rene Aubergine. Aubergine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he also passed Who's away. also in The Thing. It's one of those movies where... Isn't he? No, he's not. He's, he's not. in... Uh, he's in... He's in... Sorry. He is in The Eyes of Laura Mars. Yes, yeah. I think Excuse so. Excuse me, I get him confused with the guy who's in the thing. Yeah. Who's I, also, I also sometimes confuse him a little bit with Sam Waterston. Right. There are these three actors who do look quite a lot together. And then if yeah. you add to that mix David Cromwell, you've got the four venerable white guy actors who often yeah. do British accents who yeah, look exactly. a bit like each other. Yeah. So this was... Um, yeah, Images was like his first foray into like psychological thriller sort of thing. Yeah, and it has a, it's one of those movies, one of Altman's movies, which has not that many people because most of Altman's movies have like all star casts, like everyone is in it, and there's only like five people in this film. Hmm. Great sound design as well, the music's great. And then I watched uh, Corpse Bride, um, and then I got into Giallo horror films. I watched a movie called Lisa and the Devil, which is a Mario Bava film with Telly Savalas. And then I watched a movie called Possessed, which I really really liked. Then I watched the Evil Dead trilogy, and then I watched um, a film called The Fifth Chord with uh, Franco Nero. And then I watched Dead Silence, and then a film called The Case of the Scorpion's Tail. Your, your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key. What? <laughs> You're <laughs> making these up now. No, this is a, these are real titles. And then I watched uh, The Suspicious Death of a Miner. Dr. Jekyll. The brutal murder of Prince Romero and his enormous bosomed wife. <laughs> and then I watched the original from uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1931, which is absolutely terrifying, with really? uh, Friedrich March, who won the Oscar for it, and has great makeup where they, they the way they did it, because it's all done in one shot, the transformation sequence. Mm. It's not like different, it's not like what they did with Wolfman, where they just did dissolves and things like that. Yeah. With this, it's like. They applied the makeup and then they put filters in front of the camera and, um, and depending on what filter it was, it would reveal the makeup. Oh. So it was really kind of old school stuff that they did. Oh, I love that. And then I watched The Black Cat, which is this... Um, it's based... It, it, the Black Cat is, of course, Edgar Allan Poe's story. Right. But it absolutely has nothing to do with the Isn't Edgar that Man. always the way when they adapt yeah, yeah, Poe? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it stars Boris It's Cop. like The Raven with... with um, with Peter Lorre and, and, Jack and Vincent Price, it's got nothing to do with the poem. <laughs> and then, it, and then it's, it stars uh, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. Uh, just a moment though, um, I mentioned Daughters of Darkness. I should give that film a little bit more credit. That's a really unusual yes film. It's a Belgian or French German co-production um, in English. Uh, really, really unusual. Very, very camp. Yes, uh, and and set in Ostend. Uh, so you know if that's enough to get you titillated uh, do check it out yes and then I watched the Scream films and then I saw the f and then I sort of ended uh, Scary Movie Month with a movie called The Devil All the Time with Robert Pattinson and uh, Tom Holland The Devil All the Time and then I ended it with Silence of the Lambs well of course um, I started off November with some noir with Murder My Sweet so November um, we watched uh, another Chaplin film Modern Times we watched The Producers Ghostbusters um, another uh, uh, a scary movie film um, crept into uh, into November, and that was the uh, remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which, uh, which <laughs> I really really enjoyed. Um, and uh, a Marathon Man, which you still haven't seen, mm. um, but that pretty much takes me up to date because in the last uh, since I've been here, we watched um, we watched a Lord of the Rings film on on the big screen here, yeah. and then. Uh, uh, we watched um, uh, Black Landman last night, and uh, yeah, just you know, got a lot of other so, uh, so yeah, any anything else? Uh, any other highlights from the year? 
Well, in November, because what was kind of going on in November was very, uh, how should we say, um, frightening. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you mean news-wise? News-wise yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah. like nerve-wracking. So I wanted to just, you know, watch feel-good films. So right. I basically watched, you know, action films. So I watched, uh, I started off with Broken Arrow. Jesus. You know, would you mind not firing at the nuclear warhead? Conair, put the bunny back in the box. I see a pattern emerging. Uh, gone in 60 seconds. Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Because you just went through a wall. Right. Uh, face off. Oh, it's no. like looking into a mirror, only not. Oh my god. I... Uh, point break. Oof. Herp, I was in this bureau long before when you were still popping zits off your funny face and jacking off to the Victoria's Secrets catalog. Is that a fact? Yes. And there's one rule that I learned that you haven't mastered yet. Oh yeah? Why did you enlighten me, shitbird? Biff! Respect for my elders. Plain and simple. I've seen that film quite a few times. Really? Uh, I feel like these films are ones that I have no interest in anymore, Yeah, if and, I ever did. And then I watched a Sean Connery film called The Presidio, which mm. is where he plays a... Um, it's set in San Francisco. He plays a, the leader of an army base, so he's like the head of the military police in that area. And there's a murder that happens there, and he partners with... Um, uh, What's-his-face from NCIS, Mark Harmon, who's a police officer and was a cadet of his, but was kicked out because he punched a, a commanding officer in the face. Mm-hmm. And Sean Connery's character didn't stand up for him. So it's a little bit of a buddy film. And uh, Meg Ryan plays Sean Connery's daughter, and then Mark Harmon and her start dating. Of course stuff. they do. And then I watched uh, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, From Dust Till Dawn, The Faculty, you know, all kind of like fun films. And then I watched a few horror films I didn't watch during Scary Movie Month because... Felina you might just didn't have the time. And, didn't have yeah. the time, and also because Felina doesn't like them. I watched a Toby. Yeah, Ho- I ran into that problem. I don't. My wife doesn't like scary films. Yeah, I watched a Toby Hooper sci-fi horror film called Life Force, which is basically a film about life force vampires from space. Oh, got it uh, and then I watched a film called Nightmare City, which I did not like. Uh, don't torture a duckling, which is one of what, the what are these films? <laughs> I've, been, I've been watching some of the great, you know, behemoths of cinema. You know, films I hadn't seen that I'd always been meaning to. Meanwhile, watching Don't Torture a Duckling, uh, zombie. Which, by the way, you shouldn't do. No, you shouldn't. Uh, zombie Flesh Eaters, City, uh, City of the Living Dead. These are all Lucio Fulci movies. Not quite the biggest fan of his. his. Okay, are there any actually good films you want okay. to recommend by, by way of you okay. know, seeing us? Like, we've been talking for a very long time. Flying Down to Rio. So I've watched a bunch of Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies. Ah, I really recommend uh, The Gay Divorcee, Top Hat. Top Hat is so good. Swing Time, which yeah. is the film that uh, was directed by George Stevens. And uh, they actually really benef- they really liked working with him. And actually, because before that, it, the movies were directed by... Uh, what was his name? Uh, sorry, I'm just going to get the director's name up. Mark Sandrich. And he directed it in a very sort of like simple sort of way. And I think George Stevens gave a little bit of, you know, you know, panache to, to the movies. Right, right. And in one of the, in two of the films, Roberta and Follow the Fleet, uh, one of the actors in the film is uh, a very young Randolph Scott. Randolph Scott. Uh, 
And then I watched Sin City, Sin City 2, which I did not like. Sin City 2 is not good. Yeah, and then I watched Shall We Dance, which is not my favourite. Oh, I like Shall We Dance. But the thing is because they use all the Gershwin tunes in that one. Yeah, I I thought it was a little... I didn't like the storyline as much. Then I watched Carefree, and then I watched Monsters, Inc., and then I watched Monsters University, the prequel to Monsters, Inc. Which I haven't seen. Which is quite nice. Uh, Treasure Planet, which is like this very underrated uh, Disney film. Really nice film. Mm. Uh, Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg. Um, what is it with you and Mark Wahlberg? We need to talk about this. <laughs> okay. You've watched about 15 Mark Wahlberg films this year. Watched like eight. That's what worrying about. <laughs> okay. And then I watched um, Smoking Aces, uh, Birds of Prey, or the or as it's called, Birds of Prey, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which is one of those DC Batman superhero movies. Right. A female you know orientated film good really good film I watched a short film called Bow which is a really really wonderful short film animation if you can find it on YouTube or anywhere else watch it it's, it'll melt it's it'll film melt film about it'll... making steamed buns it is but it's it, it's 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 because it's it has something it a companion piece to Tempoco yeah but it's a film about you know this about <laughs> about a, you know a mum and you know when your kids leave and stuff like that and that kind of that kind of stuff it was well, really... that seems like a nice one to bow out on should yeah. we leave it there well I'll just end a few and then I watch oh my God. Panic in the I Streets I feel like I'm in a hostage situation <laughs> I watch Panic in the Streets the Eli Kazan film that's a great film good film yep. Mank uh, Six Underground Michael Bay's film I watched that twice this year and then I watched um, Happiest Season with uh, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis, which is a really, really lovely uh, Christmas movie. Well, here we are. We're coming up to Christmas, so it's going to be Christmas films soon. Yes. Um, well, we'll leave it there, shall we? Yes. Because I'm sure people are bored of hearing us read off real off film titles. Yes, I'm sure they are. I well, think. yeah. Sorry that I we had, I had I had a long list to go. You did. Through. I hadn't quite realised how. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I should have realised. But anyway, I hope you listened to the end. If you didn't, you know, fine. This I'm is not going to judge you. This is us catching up. It won't. Not every episode will be like this. Normal service will be resumed soon. Yes. We'll get back to doing recommendations and Bond backwards and all the other crap yeah. that we do. We have um, on Her Majesty's Secret that's Service. That's right. That's coming about. right up. Yeah. We're, we're getting into the sort of the final sort of. Yeah, the home stretch. Yeah, the home stretch. Yeah. Alright, well, I, uh... You're joking. Um... I do, I do need to work in my Sean Connery. I'm joking about my work. Don't worry. Let's get out of here. Yes. I'll, By um, which I mean, like, let's just stop recording and go and do other, other stuff. Let's make food. Yeah. Right. We're having pizzas, don't we? Yes. So, yep, yeah, you can find... Um, I've basically compiled all our sort of podcast stuff into one page on Linktree. So I will add the uh, link in the episode description. You can find all, uh, all our stuff on there. And also on the website, there is a little addition I add where you can support towards um, anti-racism, towards Black Lives Matters and things like that. So That's a very welcome addition. Well done. Yes. So, um, and you can support us by doing a review or rating on iTunes, right? Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Excuse me. Yes. Or yeah, you can find us on Spotify. We're, I'm trying to get us on other, on other sort of podcast sites. And you can if you go through Linktree, you'll find out where we are. Tell your friends about us. Yes. Because everyone likes a movie podcast in their life. <laughs> exactly. Everyone needs a movie podcast in their life. Because how will you find out about Don't Torture a Duckling if you don't listen to Holmes movies? <laughs> okay, when you say it like that, how do you... Because Don't Torture a Duckling is a film, but then you sort of say... Torture. It, torture. Did you... St- what, what is it? Talk to or no, torture? don't torture. Torture. Yes. So not don't talk to a duck. You can talk to a duck. No, but the way you said it was like... Okay, fucking in hell. The, in the, I, I'm leaving. <laughs> end the podcast. In the Let's co- get out. In, 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 okay, fine. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Yeah.